Welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to thank my patrons, Rob, Frankie, Emily, Greg, and Case. If you two would like a shout-out at the top of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash stormageddon. I have a ton of different tiers with awesome rewards and thank yous for supporting the things that I do. Enough about that. Let's talk about this week's guest, the incredible Nova Sparks. I met Nova through Twitter. I'm pretty confident to say through the incredible Blurred Girl, and I'm so excited to have Nova on. She wrote the science fiction trilogy, The Dome. I read the first book and I absolutely loved it. I'm excited to consume the rest of it. She is a badass. She loves science fiction. So we talk about her book. We talk a little bit about what she's got in the pipeline, what it's like being a writer in 2020, and much, much more. So without further ado or my continued ramblings, I present the incredible Nova Sparks. My goal for this is because you're awesome and the dome is awesome is to get people oh, to buy the you. dome. That's Yay. the plan. Um, that's that's what <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Like that's like the the one thing that I forgot about. I published the book. I was like, all right, that's it. And it's like, no, there's like a whole other part to this. It only gets more. I don't want to say difficult, but complicated probably when you're yeah, promoting yeah, stuff. That's- that's the word so so yeah so we'll just jump right into it there's no real official beginning i'll cut in an intro here somewhere but um nova sparks thank you for taking the time to chat with me i'm really excited to have you on thank you so much and what should i call you because i don't even know if i'm pronouncing this right is it stormageddon stormageddon is correct um my actual name is matt my my actual name is matt storm and when i was djing in the burlesque scene uh it was around the time i don't know how familiar you are with doctor who but in doctor Mm -hmm. who a character debuted named stormageddon the dark lord of all who was a baby Uh and because my last name was storm somebody was like oh your name is stormageddon now because it fits (laughs) and it just stuck and so that's actually a pretty good, cool name, like <laughs> Army Hammer or... <laughs> I mean, Nova Sparks is pretty dope, too. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. It's fake, though. <laughs> <laughs> I originally had um, um Star Sparkles. That was going to be the name. But everybody was like, that sounds like a stripper. So I was like, okay. So I had to change it. But I, I like this one better. So I'm really excited to have you on. I, we've become friends through Twitter. And what my, mm-hmm. my favorite thing about these kinds of friendships is that they kind of come out of nowhere. They just like uh, my guess is the connecting factor is the blurred girl because uh, Karima mm-hmm. is amazing and yeah, she, is. She, she, is. she promotes such cool stuff and like she's been a previous guest on this podcast as well as her partner Chuck, um, mm-hmm. the creator of uh, Comics. Uh, I love that comic so much. Yeah, um, but you know what's really fun is when these kind of like this is the realest kind of friendship that we're going to have for a while these days, right? Mm -hmm. Living in a pandemic state. It's like, you're going to meet people online because you're not really going out anymore. Yeah. Like this is it. And with that though, I'm always curious where, like how people are doing in this time. Like a lot of my previous guests, I've asked this question at some point in the interview or another, like you're a sci-fi author, you're, you know, an activist, you're, uh, you run Blurred's Meet, which of course there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of meeting in person happening right now, but like how is the pandemic and being stuck at home more kind of changed your life, both artistically and just personally? Um, In the beginning, um, you know, it's crazy. Like my life outside of writing was impacted so much by this that it hadn't like I had no choice but to kind of like 
pause a bit to kind of figure out what I'm going to do with like the writing stuff, because this really did kind of stunt my growth as a writer a little bit and yeah. it made it so that I kind of didn't want to write because everything was so depressing. And yeah. then the things that you're going through in your personal life and then losing people. Um, and then you may, and it's not even like people that you definitely know yeah. just to go on social media and seeing people going through that. Like, it's not the time to like be promoting your new book. It's not the time to be like, Hey, you know, sorry about that, but you do, would you mind? Like, it's, it's, it's really difficult. You know, it really is. But, um, it made it did make me, um, pause a bit and it made me kind of look back into some of the stuff that I'm writing now just for like sensitivity and things like that as well. Like sure. I honestly believe that everyone is like a new person now. Yeah. Like this is something that we never thought we'll see in our lifetime. I certainly never did. Right. And then now that we're living in it, like every day, like remind you that this is real. Yep. Like this is not like something that you're hearing about happening in another country. Cause we hear about things happening and you would think it never would happen here. And not only is it happening here, but it's happening the worst here. And it's like, okay, like, like, where are we right now? Like, I'm going to write about a dystopian world and we're kind of on our way there. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's like, um, I was, um, looking through, I love write, reading reviews on, on Amazon. I love that. It's like one of my favorite things to do, <laughs> especially like the really low star ones. And I was reading reviews of books that were like set in the future. And people were like, this isn't as accurate because you didn't mention anything about COVID. <laughs> I'm like, it's great. But, but that, like, as funny as that is, like, this is going to be a point where we're going to, are we going to have to like mention that later? Yeah. Because that's something that happened in real life. So I don't know. It just really impacted. It really impacts um, creativity, imagination. Sure. Um, yeah. And then like, especially like real life, like that's something that you try to like separate the two, yeah. but it's like close to, if not impossible. It's one of those things where, you know, also like for me as a podcaster, it's easy to keep podcasting and like, other things separate but like over the last six to eight months that's not possible anymore like yeah i'm i'm ne i'm never gonna say the words and i said it like everybody else did i'm never gonna say oh i'm not political because it's bullshit you're political yeah. or you're benefiting from the system and i know that yeah. and i know i have some privilege as a white mm -hmm. person and so like like it's just that doesn't exist anymore take po my politics take politics out of games and books and this is garbage it's it's we're living yeah. some of the worst results of that kind of thinking and you, yeah. you just mm -hmm. like i totally get people wanting to escape and not wanting to talk about it and needing a break like that all makes total sense but to yeah. say that it doesn't matter or it doesn't mm -hmm. affect you is a level of ignorance now that wasn't like it just didn't seem as obvious years yeah. ago yeah and not many people have that option to be like i don't want to talk about it of right course. now or i don't want to like deal with it right now because yeah. even when you you think that you have that safe space to not to kind of like separate yourself from it you're still like who you are as a person yep. and like who you are as a person could be under attack right now yep. and for a lot of people you know it is yeah totally absolutely yeah um, well, let's talk a little bit about the things you do, though, and let's start with The Dome, a book you yeah. wrote, and so it's like sci-fi, dystopian, ram romance. Yeah. Now, it's the first book in a trilogy. Maybe yeah. for our listeners, tell them a little bit about the book, maybe just a brief synopsis of the story. Okay, so The Dome is about a, a Black family. It's, it's, it's told from the point of view of a father named Sam and his daughter, Emma. Um, the good thing about this book is that you get two completely different age ranges. Like the father is like 37. So you get like what he's going through in this dystopian world. And then you get what his daughter, who's a 17 year old girl, what she's going through. So you get like the adult plus like the new adult. 
um, young adult vibe to it, mm-hmm. all in one. Because adults really love YA. Yeah, uh, I, I'm realizing okay. that now. Adult like me. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, in the book, um, the world ends, and there's a few people on Earth who, um, I don't want to say that they were warned, but I'll say that for the sake of this interview, they were warned about it in the dream, and they were all told a specific location to go to meet, um, to possibly survive this. And when they get there, there's an alien spaceship there to take them to another planet. So Earth is destroyed, and they're now living in a dome that simulates life on Earth. It looks very Earth-like in the dome, but outside of the dome, it's completely alien. And they're being told they have to stay in there to survive, and they can leave the dome if they want to, but they have to take pills in order to survive on the planet. So, um... In the beginning, it seems as though there's, you know, there's really nothing going on on the planet. It seems like they're just there to survive and the, the aliens just saved them at the kindness of their hearts. <laughs> but eventually some things start happening to make, you know, not only Sam, but his his daughter think that maybe the aliens are a little more sinister than they thought. Yeah, I feel like most good sci-fi stories go that way, right? Like everything seems great. And then, of course, it's not great. Something has happened. I love this book. I love this this series. I think... What's really interesting is like, I think as humans, we want to be rescued. It's very human to not want to have to step up and take charge. It's why we've Mm -hmm. ended up in the position we've been in in some places because some people need to be pushed to a point to get to that point. Some people don't. Some Mm -hmm. people are more active, but others. And so like this leans into that little bit of like safety over safety of leaning into being rescued. And then you're exploring things. Well, what if everything's not okay? What if, you know, it, it, yeah. pu- it pushes and promotes free thinking and this idea of don't accept things at face value. It could, there could yeah. be more to this story. Yeah. It's very human because if you really step back for a minute and really think about like when reading the book, really think about what's happening, you kind of, you kind of think like, is there really something happening at face value that's jarring to you for you to like ruffle feathers. Yeah. And something that we do in general, like you said, like things could be going great, but we're always looking for something wrong. Yeah. And then you get to the point where did was something really wrong or did you create the problem? Yep. So like that's like the whole like theme of this book. And the the series. Um I want by the end of the last book for people to wonder um what would have happened if Sam or Emma had hadn't done A, B, or C. Right. Like, what? where would they be if they hadn't yeah. made the decisions they made? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, did you grow up reading a lot of science fiction? Um, you know what's crazy? When I grew up, and I tell people the story all the time, they get like, they would, so I wasn't allowed to watch television, uh-huh. and I wasn't allowed to read certain books okay. at all. Not, I, I don't want to say I grew up in the church, but I, my, my mom and my dad split. So on one side, I was going to Catholic church, and the other side, I was going to Presbyterian church. Mm. And then my mom was like heavily into school, so I could not watch television at all. Uh-huh. Like, um, I started watching TV and reading things that I wanted to read when I was like, surprisingly like mid high school oh wow yeah and i'm 31 right now so it sounds like it's been a a a long time since then but it really hasn't like i'm so and i didn't realize this until social media yeah i am so out of touch (laughs) no honestly i when i first started social media i had this podcast called i finally saw yeah and it was supposed to be like this hashtag i finally it's supposed to be like i finally series because it was me like making fun of the fact that it was so much i didn't know like people were pissed that i didn't see um um, raiders of the lost art i did not see that movie but i finally did because they told me to watch it so um there's so many things that I haven't read. Like, like Octavia Butler is like a huge author, but there's so many of her books that I haven't read. She has so many books out there and I haven't read all of them. I would love to read all of them, but it's just so much material out there. What can I say? My One of my favorite um, sci-fi series 
this feels like a test. It's like, you think you're so smart, and then you go take the test. It's like two plus two. It's like, damn it. What like, is it? I don't know what it is. To that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I feel like for me being a sci-fi writer, um, one thing that I, and I always do this a lot, I try not to read as much sci-fi when I'm writing. Right. Because I always feel like I'm stealing something. <laughs> yeah. I always do. Like, when I write sci-fi, I read romance all the time. Sure. Yeah, but I don't. I always feel like I'm stealing something. Like even when I um when I started writing the book, um I actually wrote this book um a while ago. First, I had like the first two books out. I didn't publish the third one because I wanted to start it all over again. But something someone said like kind of like pissed me off so much. It was like, oh my god, this is like Twilight. I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to because because people they tend to compare, and then that kind of made me paranoid. I was like, am I like unintentionally? pulling you know ideas from things that i've read in the past or or you know things that i've watched recently sure. and not really knowing that i have um yeah so i mean it's very yeah, human it's, to yeah it's very human to want to pull from your experiences but also it's yeah. also like i understand the need to want to make things original you know i mean podcasts are everywhere now but when i first started doing it they weren't and there are so many ideas that have come out now that like i'm listening to my friends shows and i love them but i'm also like damn that's such a good idea why didn't i think of that you know you get jealous um but also it makes sense like i feel like i've interviewed quite a few musicians who tend to listen outside of their influences for inspiration but also because they don't want to copy the people yeah. who are doing similar things, they don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, be compared. They want to try and break outside of that. And I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like the latest sci-fi that I've read um, recently, I know that's like the Leap series by James Crawford, which is like really dope. It's like three books in a mm-hmm. series. It's like, an, it's like they're not vampires. Like I've never seen vampires this way. Right. But it makes it like sci-fi because it's very science-y, mm-hmm. but they're not, they don't suck blood, but they like literally leech um, energy off of other people. Oh, awesome. And so they all have powers and it's triggered by like a near death experience. And then, um, but they can't use their powers until they pull the energy from someone else. But there's one character, the angel who's able to do it whenever he wants. Of course, there's always one character. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I love that series by James Crawford. That's dope. And then I, I'm just reading the last book of Haley Turner's um, Soulbound series, mm-hmm. which is like a mix of like sci-fi slash fantasy, which I love when you like mix the two. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I really think about it. Like vampires is fantasy, but isn't it really just like a blood disorder? So isn't it like sci- <laughs> Like I don't right. know. Like, it's really like a thin line between the two. Yeah, totally. So really good series. It's like a, it's like, um, if like, all of the gods in existence were real. Yeah. And not only are they real, but they're hip and cool. And they like exist in the real world. And um everyone there's mages and witches and sages and it's like a it's like a pretty cool series. Um I'm waiting for um to finish the last book. Yeah. And awesome. I'm reading um I'm also reading Cinderella is Dead, which is a fantasy book. But um, I haven't finished that yet, but I like it so far. I've seen people calling it like a retelling of Cinderella, which it really isn't. It's like, you know, Cinderella died 100 years ago and everybody's kind of like worships this story and everyone wants to be chosen by a prince. And of course, there's the one girl who's like the main character who's not into any of that. Right, but, of course. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, Would you say that so did you see this trajectory for yourself? Did you always want to be a writer? You said like growing up, you didn't really watch or read a lot. So was there writing when you were growing up, even though you weren't reading or watching? Yeah. So, (laughs) 
Oh, God. So um, I think I posted this on Twitter the other day. And I didn't know I was doing this. But, um, you know, scholastic fairs in the schools that we used to have? I used to buy books there. And they always had, like, little, like, journals and stuff that you would buy. So I bought them because my mom never let me, like, have diaries. But I bought one and kept it and hid it. And I never knew how to use a diary. I just thought that was the book you just put stuff in. Right. But I, I didn't like have anything like to like base anything on, but I did have like an imagination. So it was a whole bunch of stuff that I put in the in the diary that if anyone else read it, they would probably took me for my parents. It's <laughs> 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 true. None of it. Like right. she wasn't a, like no one, like none of that stuff happened. Right. But my mom found it one day and she was like, she didn't tell me she found it because she realized it was an invasion of privacy. But years later, she told me like, yeah, I saw you. I read your diary one time and I could not believe the things you were making up. <laughs> like, none of that happened. Like, and then, you know, I watch I watch enough of SVU and, you know, Law and Order. If anybody found that diary, it would have been a wrap for everyone. <laughs> so I didn't realize that, like, that was like one of the early times when I knew that I just wanted to write stories. And then, you know, I went to Catholic school and none of that stuff was like, you know, encouraged. But um, I wrote a lot of um, stuff in Catholic school. Like I used to turn the books over it, like the, the, the marble notebooks and just write stories in the back. And all of it would be like things that I honestly, in my mind as a kid, like thought was like really going on. But it was just like fantasy stuff. And then um, I think like one of my teachers saw, oh, no, another student saw it, told my teacher. And then from then on, I was considered like Damien. Like from the only, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, school, everybody was like either like a nun or they was involved in church, church in some way, church every like Monday. So there was like something that they never saw before. So they saw that and it was like, okay. But you know, some teachers said, you know, you can keep writing, keep going because obviously there's something that you want to do. I didn't think that that was even like a job that I could have one day. Right. I thought that other people watch TV and there's movies and stuff like that. But I didn't think that there was something that somebody actually created those stories. Like these are fake stories that somebody's creating. It didn't, it didn't like dawn on me until like way later. So yeah, I think it's something that I always did, but didn't know I wanted to do until honestly my senior year in college. No, my senior year in high school, my senior year in high school was the same year as my freshman year in college. Cause I went to one of those special schools. Mm-hmm. We had a creative writing class and um, I wrote like a, I think we had like one assignment and I wound up writing a whole book. And they was like, wow, <laughs> just, like, don't get me wrong. Like the writing was horrendous, but the story itself like, it was pretty good. It was like, listen, you know, you have about three, four different people talking in the same paragraph, but okay. The, the story itself is pretty good. But um, the dome actually came out when I was in college and I was unemployed for like a year and a half. And I was like, what else am I going to do with my time? Let me just like put the story that I have in my head. I originally wanted it to be a TV show on HBO. Obviously, that didn't work out. (laughs) Okay, why am I going to just waste the story? Let me make it into a book. And then. Well, you never know. It could still be a TV show on HBO. They've been making (laughs) lots of stuff. So, you know. I have. I'm like, well, where were you guys before? (laughs) Like, Like, this is brand new, but okay. I think it's really fascinating how people come to their art. And so, like, you having not a ton of exposure to science fiction growing up and coming to mm-hmm. it later, like was the dome just this story that was in your head? Like what led, what did lead to the inspiration of this kind of a story? Is it, did you take it from, cause obviously it's an original work, but were there things that you saw in TV or movies later on or books later on that kind of made you think, Hmm, aliens, I could do an alien story yeah. or something. I've always like really liked aliens um, for some reason. I don't know why, but I always liked aliens. But I've always 
I've always like heard of stories of like alien abductions or aliens um, coming to Earth and like taking over. Right. But I I would like to see a story where aliens take the the humans from Earth and they're aliens on their planet. Like, right. wouldn't that be cool? And then that's that's kind of like where it came from. Um, I'm pretty sure there's like a story somewhere out there. You know, I'm like, you haven't read that book from 1972? Like, <laughs> not yet. But um, yeah, like it, it just was like, oh, I, I'll, I'll write that story. That was once, and I mean, I mean, it's cool to see like movies and TV shows where like the aliens are here and they have to like adapt to life on Earth in some strange way. Sure. But I'm I'm always more as much as I love aliens, I'm always more interested in the human story of, of that. I'm like just putting them in a completely different place and seeing how they fare there, you know? But, for sure. Yeah. And I think like, it's pretty natural for creators to go, I want to see this thing. Oh, nobody's done yeah. it. Well, I guess I'll do it. You know, I think yeah, that's a very yeah. human thing to want to put into the world a thing that doesn't exist just so people can experience because you think it's yeah. good for X, Y, or Z. And I mm -hmm. think that's a really cool way to come at this story, especially if you don't think there's something that's come before. Yeah. Um, Everybody's Everybody sees the book and is like, is this anything like Under the Dome by Stephen King? They're the reason why I haven't read that book, by the way. I'm like, I refuse to read it or watch the show because I'm going to be so heartbroken if it's anything like this book. <laughs> it's like someone asked me and I saw myself getting really bitchy. I was like, that's it. That's it. That's the only comparison you can make. But, uh, you know, for all I know, it's probably like the exact same thing and he's going to sue me. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think that's the case. I think also more people would have said something if they were that similar. I think Under the Dome is telling a different kind of story, though I've not I've not seen it or read it either. Um, You're in the club, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm in the club. Um, I've only read the one Dome book that matters, which is yours. Hey, what's um, it? But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your writing process. Obviously, for some people, you know, writer writer's block is a common term now that lots of folks know. Like, and mm -hmm. and even if you're if it's not writer's block, it's some kind of artist block or struggling to get a story on the page. How was writing the first book? You know, and maybe the books after, but like, was it a struggle to get the story out, or did it just kind of fall out of you because you were so inspired? Like, how how was that process, and how long did it take? Um, crazy. Um, surprisingly, the first book was written like super duper fast. Like, of course, I had nothing but time. Yeah. Like, I was working, so um, that book was written pretty fast. It was just like inspiration, and I just was like sit on my bed, eat some um ice cream, I got <laughs> and then like watch like and have like just you know noise on the background, just write, 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 yeah. write. It wasn't until the second book that I realized, okay, um, something's not working. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. And then I realized that, and you know, you mentioned writer's block, but I realized like writer's block, at least for me, and I think for a lot of other writers too, is really just um, your subconscious. And even, I like to say, it's even your character sometimes screaming at you that this is not what you wrote me to do. Right. Like, this is not how you, I know that you didn't create me to act this way or say these things. I would never be in this situation. So maybe you need to step back a little and go and work backwards, which is honestly what I had to do by like rewriting the whole series again, because something just wasn't clicking like with between the first, second and third book. So I had to like start all over again, but like the, the writing process, um, I like to learn by doing. Right. So what I was doing, I, I heard, I didn't even know like self-publishing was a thing. And so like Amanda Hawkins, which was like, she was like this, like the first person I ever saw that was like self-publishing on Amazon. Right. And I like all her books and I was like, you're good, but I know I'm just as good. Let me, let me do it. So I just wrote it. It had like no real, like, I had like errors as, as hell in it. There was like so many grammatical errors. 
um, the formatting was just like way off, but I was just so proud of myself. And I just like, <laughs> I got like the cover from like NASA. I asked them for permission to use a photo from their website. Right. And they said, sure. And I smacked it on the cover and I said, and just published it. No real, like, you know, there's no real organization at all. And, you know, people enjoyed the story, but there was like, hey, the story's good, but Jesus Christ, like, were your eyes closed when you wrote this? But I was like, you know what, this is a good, this is, it was good for me because um, I kind of look at it as like, you know, advanced reader copies available to the world. Right. I just gave everybody an advanced reader copy. You take it, you know, it's 99 cents because, you know, I need to eat, but it's 99 cents. Read this book. Feel free. Email me. Tell me what the hell is wrong with it, because unlike, you know, traditionally published authors, you know, they get like feedback from, you know, their publishing house and like an editor somewhere. And then, you know, even their agent, you know, tells them, you know, maybe you need to fix this. But like the appeal of like being a self-published author is that you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And um, is we can't not everybody can say that they can re- release something out, get feedback in real time and then say, hold it right there. I'll be right back with a better version of this. And that's what I was able to do. So, and I, I, I include that with my writing process. Like there was this, this one big period where I just let it fly and just gave it out. And you tell me what's wrong and yeah. you tell me what's right. And then I'll come back with this. This is like, like the fifth version of this book somewhere at, yeah, about, about the fifth version of this book, the final, I'm not doing this again, but it's the fifth version of this book. Yeah. And, um, I learned about like outlining, like that was something I didn't do. I was just writing how I saw it in my head. It made sense, you know, in my head, but I just realized not everybody's in my head. So, you know, I had to like figure that out rather quickly. So, you know, I can say that a lot of people can, can create, you know, can come up with good ideas and have good story ideas, but actually putting it down on paper in the way that makes sense for everybody and, you know, and not losing, you know, audience, your audience members or people who, you know, may relate to your story. That's very difficult. And I can say that the writer I was in 2009 and the writer I am now, completely different people. Like, I can't say her. Like, I don't know what she was thinking, but but she admires me, so I'm okay. (laughs) Well, I think that's, you know, that's the artist's journey, right? I feel like, you know, a lot of people are like, I just, you know, that we we curated a culture in in the U.S. and in the world of like, I just want to be famous. I just want to be successful. And like, I feel like art, that doesn't help or perpetuate art. Art is wanting to improve and get better and learn. Uh, This podcast series has been going for a while. I would definitely tell people to not listen to the first like 25 to 30 episodes to be generous, (laughs) just because like you're learning as you do. Like, I think you know, yeah. perfection is the enemy of finished or complete or 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 mm-hmm. release. And I think that, you know, practice and, and learning and growing is important. But I think also the doing of it is really important. If you're not working on the thing, you're not going to do the thing. You're just going to keep lamenting about doing the thing. And I yeah. think it's really important to push yourself to work on things, maybe not release everything, but work on things and keep working like you're releasing until you mm-hmm. get what you want, you know? Yeah. I think that um, what's really fascinating about also modern writing and modern modern sci-fi stuff is like we live in the future. We have tiny mm. space computer phones. We have, you know, really fast cars. We have giant TVs where you can see the pores on a video game character. Like it's, yeah. it, it, technology is so advanced. And so I feel like trying to tell a story that takes place in the future, takes place in science fiction gets a little harder because you don't want to get too close to reality. You want to stay ahead yeah. of that. 
Um, yeah. I, I'm curious when when writing the dome. Obviously, you know, 2009 is a long time ago now. It feels like mm -hmm. even longer since 2020's been so long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but are there any things that you put in the book that you're like, oh, I wish that was a little more fantastical or a little different, or I described this differently, or do you think that your fiction stands on its own and it's not too close to reality? Um. I think now I've done a pretty good job with that. I would say when I originally wrote the book, um, I had CDs and DVDs in there. <laughs> like I did. Yeah, sure. I, I was dropping bands that <laughs> that was like so old. I mean, I had to take all of that out. So none of that is in, in this now. But I really had to think, like, do I really want a book that's dated? Yeah. I do I, or do I want to write a book where no matter what year you can pick that up and think like, I can see this if I can see this happening later or, hey, this is pretty close to now when she wrote it back then. And um, that wasn't what was happening when I originally wrote the book. I, I couldn't believe I still can't believe I had DVDs and CDs in because I don't even think DVDs and CDs was that big of a thing in 2009, was it? Pro probably not. I mean, I still have DVDs and CDs just because I won't let go of them. But uh, although yeah. I'm slowly working my way through that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to predict the, the direction that technology is going to take. Yeah. Until we get there, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm curious when you're not working on a science fiction book, when you're not engaging in science fiction or romance properties, what other things are you interested in? What other things are you really vibing on, especially in the pandemic now? Like what kind of things are keeping you sane or that you're consuming? Uh, what type of things are keeping me sane? Um, oh, God. I know. It's a big question in 2020. Are any of us really I'm staying sane? Absolutely. Sane right now, <laughs> like, I, I honestly don't feel sane, and and um, I actually I was I, honest question. I think I need something. Yeah, I don't think I have something. It, it it would it used to be music. Yeah, like I you know I have you know instruments here and you know listening to music and stuff like that. But I find myself listening to music less and less. Yeah, and I didn't realize that until you asked that question. But yeah, now my life is full of constant worry and like. <laughs> Obviously, like I'm writing, I'm actually like writing again, which is a good thing. So some progress there. This constant worry, like I had a panic attack on Monday. Yeah, and it was in the hospital for like a day and a half. Jeez. And I came from the hospital and jumped on this interview today. <laughs> so I'm like, and it's just about worry. It's nothing wrong with me at all, right. but it's just, you know purely psychosomatic, purely like you know just everything now is COVID. Everything is COVID. Yep. And whether like you can cough and it's immediately COVID. Yeah. Like I think like I think I was like out of breath for a second and immediately I thought COVID. So it's like it really like takes over your whole life, like to the point where like yeah, until you until you asked it, like I didn't even realize that my whole life was was writing now yeah. in just constant worry. Yeah. No, and I get that. And I think I think it's it's a blessing when people can consume something and get distracted. Like I can do it sometimes. And then there's days like today where I was depressed most of the day and like just struggling to get through. And I think like, I, I personally feel like it's harder to lose myself in stuff like I used to last year, yeah. the year before 10 years ago, because thing things are so dire now, you know, I yeah. think. And, and I don't think it's wrong. Like the fact that you had a panic attack doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, I had one last year where I was hospitalized. Like we're, we're engaging with a level of overstimulation that has not existed before. Like just from, just from a content level, there's so much streamable media. There's so much music. There's so many video games. There's so many books. Like, and then add everything that we've been going through in 2020 on top of that. Like, it's perfectly natural to just feel overwhelmed all the time. That makes total sense.
Yeah, because in, in the end, we may have constant movies, constant TV shows, like books at the palm of your hand, but the other part is true too. Like we get all the negative just as fast and just as often. Like I can go to Twitter and like be like super engaged with like a really like fantastic thread and then scroll down a little further and it's like someone else was shot. Like mm-hmm. what the, like this constant like, like yo-yoing of emotions like all the time. Like I can't, like the, the other day I realized I can't, I, and this is like brand new. I can't finish a TV show on Netflix. I can't finish it. Whether I like, I love it or not. Like I find myself watching a couple of seasons, really loving it and just stopping because I don't, I don't know why. I, I don't, I don't know. And it's like, that wasn't me. Like, especially because being someone who never was allowed to watch anything, like now I like to watch stuff. Right. But you know, now with all of this, like I'm watching something, watching something, something takes over and I'm like, you know what? I should turn to CNN because you never know. And I'm watching CNN all damn day because you just, you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know. You don't know what Trump's going to do and you don't know, you know, what Congress is going to do. And you just have to be like super duper engaged. So and I don't even know if that's a good thing or not. Like maybe you could see the good in it because a lot of people you know, move through life without caring about what's happening in politics right. because it didn't really affect them as much. But now, like literally something that, you know, something could change overnight. So you have to be like glued in to like the news now and like w- like watching and, and and, you know, getting information constantly. Yeah. Like you have to like pause the things that you enjoy to like like consume stuff that like pisses you off. No, yeah. And and I think that it, it though it's important to step away from that stuff, I totally understand yeah. the people who feel like they can't. You know, I yeah. a term I had never heard before until a few days ago that a friend of mine posted that you have to stop doom scrolling on Twitter and what that you know, and I never heard that term before, but essentially just scrolling through Twitter endlessly reading all of the crazy shit that's happening. Like yeah. eventually you you have to step away because you will go nuts just trying to take it all in. But on the same token, it's hard mm-hmm. for some people to want to step away because you want exactly want to know what's going on. Like um, it, we're living in a terrifying time that's closer yeah. to some of the fiction that we grew up with. And, yeah. you know, you never know what the next day is going to bring. And and I, I totally get trying struggling to find that balance. It's hard for things to not lose their value because of it. You know, I've also been furloughed from my day job since March. And so like, we also live in a capitalist society where money talks. And Mm -hmm. if I'm making less money producing a podcast or streaming on Twitch or whatever, then Mm -hmm. my brain says I have no value, even though that is absolutely not true. And I think that's a result of the self-awareness and the world we're living in now. Yeah. And like my day job is like working in a school and you already just know like what's happening there, you know, just being privy to like information that no one else is privy to. And it's like you feel guilty and it's like it's it's a, it's a lot of stress because there's a lot of things going on that I don't think everyone is aware of. And I feel really bad. Um, these poor children, like they're, they like they're, they're it's going to take a long time for them to recover from this and to see that firsthand. And to see how much, you know, this is the first time I realized that I'm literally just like a number in the system. Like you could work somewhere your whole life and then you get sick. And if the first thing your boss wants to know is when will you be back? It's like, whoa, I didn't realize that I really didn't mean anything, you know, here. Like you just were, you know, a spot to fill. And if something happens to you, if God forbid you fast pass away, they're going to they're going to, you know, say, wow, and then move on and, and rehire you somebody for your position immediately. 
And, you know, I don't think that's what's making me write more now because I, I would love I would love to one day be able to do this full time. Sure. You know, a lot of people can 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 do that, but I would love to do that full time and maybe not even. And, you know, I sometimes I wonder if one day I will go the traditionally published route, but I wonder how far I can take this, you know, self-published. Can I do this full time as like an indie self-published author? <sighs> next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, um, but I think it's great, though, that you found the drive to keep writing and that you're still working. I think at the end of the day, that's key to trying to get through this time is creating yeah. because some of us are absolutely powerless beyond that, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to focus on that. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about um, what you're working on now. And if yeah. you ever think you would step outside of science fiction, you've done the science fiction trilogy, you've you know, you've done a lot of other things. Do you do you have do you want to wildly change genre, or do you want to make more science fiction? Do you want to uh, dive deeper into other young adult sections, or even different other kinds of fiction altogether? Um, I always knew that I, was, I wanted to do more than sci-fi, and I think that's why I started, you know, doing the sci-fi plus thing. Yeah, the sci-fi plus this, or you know, it's always going to have some type of science fiction element and something. But it may, I may write something where it's like such, like so barely there. Yeah, like you don't notice it; it just becomes like a a setting in the background. But um, as far as what I'm working on right now, I'm working on a story that is a based on a true story. Okay, and I'm trying to figure out a way. I'm still, I'm still outlining it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to find a way that yeah. it, it's believable. Because the real story is so unbelievable that right. people are going to be lying. But it's such a, and it is a hundred percent like sci-fi fantasy. Cool. But it's a true story. That's so awesome. It's like, yeah, and um, and of course I want to throw this. I'm gonna there's going to be some elements in there. That obviously, I make up, but I want to find a way to kind of like make those parts obvious. Like this is the part where I'm lying. Right. Everything though is like a hundred percent true. The story is like amazing, and it's someone it's someone that I have known for a while, and I just sat down and listened to her life story and the things that she's gone through, and I just couldn't believe she was she's like a real person. Right. I don't know how she's still like you know you know lucid, like <laughs> if I can say anything. Right. But yeah, so I asked her. I said, "Is there? Can I please like write this story if you don't mind?" And she's like, "Yeah, do it." So that's what I'm working on right now, and it's that's like amazing. it's like. And it's not even like she's a person who like believes in stuff like that. She didn't even realize that her life was so amazing and, and such a like paranormal and like, you know, <sighs> fantastical way. Yeah. I had to tell her like, yo, someone would like pay good money to watch this on TV, but I don't have the money to do that. So I'm going <laughs> to write a book about it. Sure. So, and I really can't wait for you guys to, to like read it. Um, and I'm trying. I'm. I'm really. This is. This is the book I'm gonna like take very good care. Like built. Like really careful with. Yeah. Because like, I did whatever the hell I wanted with that one. But this is really somebody's life right now. And you know, there's there's you know, witchcraft in it. There's ghosts in it. There's um, it's just strange. She's like, if I give a little piece of it, because I'm like, it's, I'm itching. So, <laughs> so she's like one of five. So it's one of the quintuplets, but she's a surviving one. Mm-hmm. And all, like they all, the rest of them was stillborn, and she was the only one that survived. But her life after that is almost like, and she didn't realize it until I said, I was wondering if she is getting all the life experiences of her other siblings right. that they would have had if they were alive. Because it's it's just like, and and a, and a weird thing is, she has this cloud over her that when you're around her, it affects you too. Huh. She told me about it. She said, "Hey, you know, um." 
full disclosure, we're gonna go hang out. If something happens, just let it roll off. And it was it was the strangest thing when she said it, because everyone else um told me that yo like when when you're around her, you're gonna see that something's weird here. And I hung out with her the first time, and I immediately understood. Sure, it was happening back to back to back, and it's been like that every single time I'm hanging out with her. It's like she just attracts all like the horrible, but good things as well. Yeah. But anything bad that you can imagine happening to you happens to her. Wow. And when you're with her, it happens to you too. That's and I'm a kind incredible. of if you think I sound crazy, like just hanging out with her, knowing that knowing this about her, <laughs> like she's a, she's a friend of mine, and it's and it's so strange. And and, and it happens, and she just looks at me, and was like, "Hey, this is just my life." <laughs> and it's like, and I look at her like, "Oh my god!" Like I gotta get away from you because this is it's overwhelming. And and I and I believe that there has to be some type of spiritual something going on with her sure. because that's not normal. Right. It's not normal. So yes, yeah, so that's that's a. That's the next story. And of course, I'm going to make it romantic. There's okay. got to be something in there. Got to be romance. I'm a um, lover. <laughs> I'm a hopeless romantic, so I get that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I would like to talk to you a little bit about Blurred's Meet. Um, yeah. Where did the inspiration for that come from, you know, other than wanting to meet other like-minded creators? Or is that just it? So, I mean, I mean, bare bones, yes. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Being on social media, um, I realize it, it, social media can be very clicky. It yeah. can be. It makes you feel like you're in high school sometimes. It does. Sure. Because um, you can you can be in a group of people and you're all trying to make it out there. And then um, one of them just so happens to, like, get a little further ahead. And then, you know, they become a little gatekeeper. You know, so what I wanted um, to do was make real spaces where people can actually come together in real life and share what it is that they're doing. And we can all work together to support each other, like, really. So, like, for instance, you know, I may be, you know, a writer, but I'm looking for some artwork. You're an artist. I'm going to work with you. You're, you have, you create characters, but you need some stories to go with it. I can write your stories for you. You do music. You can, you know, you could yeah. do the music. For, so we're all, like, working together in a way, but we're all, like, actively, you know, supporting and participating in whatever that person does. It's not just, like, a regular meetup where we just hang out and drink. You know, which it happens. That happens. Sure. Hang out and drink. Um, we we did a few of these. The first one I did was at a Starbucks, and it was just one table at a Starbucks. Then the next one I did it at a restaurant, and it was supposed to be just one table at the restaurant, but we wound up taking over the whole restaurant. Oh, it was wow. like so many people coming in, and they just they just like let us take over the place. There was so many people there, and it was nice. And I saw like the potential of that. And then you know I partnered up with um, um for all nerds for the Black Panther premiere. So we did like a, you know, a premiere for Black Panther at um, the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn. Amazing. So we had like, for that. So, you know, all the blurs meets people that I know come, came and, you know, fan, you know, all the full nerds. They had their people there. So that was like it was that was nice. But I really want to, to focus more on like more intimate things. Sure. Where we're supporting each other. Um, A lot of people seem to think it's a con. Uh, it's, it's not a con. Con scare me. But. <laughs> This is more like, you know, everyone is really, you're really, when you're talking to everyone that's there, it's not you walking around and, and, you know, being intimidated by people who are like miles ahead of you doing amazing things. Cause it can be intimidating, especially on social media. It makes you feel like you're not doing enough. Yeah. Like you, I, I log on all the time and I always see what someone else is doing. And I immediately think that I'm not, you know, where I'm supposed to be and I need to try harder. Yeah. And this space is like, honest conversations because that person can tell you like listen this took me years 
Yeah. Like it's not something overnight. Social media right. is like a snapshot. You yeah, know, you totally. don't know like what it took to get there. And maybe knowing me, it may not take you as long and it may not um, be as hard because I can help you, you know, and, and that's really what it is. Cause that's something that's definitely lacking right now. Yeah. You know, hopefully we'll get a little more of it, you know, now that we're all suffering together. <laughs> but, um, we can only yeah. hope. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting how humanity's view of things have evolved and then have not evolved at all. And I think we're really learning that during this pandemic. And I think I, I do take uh, j joy in at least understanding that great art will come from this. Like I don't take any joy in every anything that's going on now, but I do yeah. know that, you know, when, when we suffer on this scale, people will create things that are unlike anything we've seen before. And we're, we're already starting to see that certain musicians and certain other artists. And I think, you know, it sucks that we're all going through this together, but I think this, it has to be the thing that brings people closer together because otherwise it's go we're going to fall apart, right? That's the only yeah. two directions that we can go now. And I hope that that happens. I want that to happen. Um, and the fact that you have something that's putting creators forward and allowing them to get together and make connections and build a network because networking isn't easy for everyone, even if you're talented, even if you're confident. And I think that anybody who creates a space where creators can just get to know each other and support each other in any small or big way is huge, especially now in the internet era. Thank you. Because I'm definitely not confident. I'm not confident. <laughs> I'm working on it. And I'm, I'm always like super shy, which is why I hate cons. Like, yeah. right? like I know I'm, I'm eventually going to have to do one. But I, I've, I've done one before, not really a con. It was Afropunk. That's not a con. But you sell stuff there. Yeah. And um, that was tough because you know how long it took me to, like, tell somebody about the book that I wrote? Like, yeah. that was a process. <laughs> like, <laughs> process. But imagine, like, you writing something and spending so much time on something. And then someone walks up to you and says, what is this about? Jesus, that's an existential. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's like the pressure. It's like, I don't know what it's about. Just buy it. <laughs> just take the book but um yeah so this this helps though because again it is it is like you know more intimate it is it's more about building you know relationships and making connections than it is about you know superficial you know things like you pat my back I'll pat your back you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big I'm a big advocate on social media especially is if you like something promote it and support it and tell people you like it don't <laughs> so do easy. it yeah, don't do it so you get something back because that's the, yeah. the relationships are more organic if you are simply sharing the things you love. You know, have those conversations, promote those artists you're interested in, but also don't do it like, oh, I'm just going to do this so I can get something out of it because it's unfulfilling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I, and I'm guilty of like promoting somebody else's stuff way before I promote anything I'm doing. Same, yeah. I, I just love supporting people. I think people are so cool. Yes. Like in general, like people are like, we're some great people like we're awesome yeah i know it's weird but like humans we can be shitty but like if you really think about what human humanity is yeah. like what are we really just like bones and blood and muscle and but we can make art like <laughs> but not everybody can we got the same brain but not everybody can do what everybody can do yeah totally but it's really awesome if you think about it Gosh, I got real sci-fi there. Yeah, you did. You sure did. Um, <laughs> bef before we wrap up, I'd love for you to provide some kind of um, 
let me take a step back. So when creating and becoming a creator, it's hard to always take that first step. It's hard to know what to do. And I'm sure you've learned a ton of stuff over your years writing that you didn't know when you started. Is there any kind of advice that you would give to young writers or just young creators in general, something that you didn't know when you started that like would make things easier or something for them to look out for or do when they're starting out? Um. I think the best advice I can give a up and coming writer is to not tell anybody what you're writing until you're done and don't share anything you're doing until you're, until you're finished, at least with the first draft. Um, when you tell people your ideas and now, and, and this happened to me, cause I could have started a lot sooner, but when you start speaking to people about what it is that you want to do, you know, other people's fears and insecurities, like become your fears and insecurities. So you start doubting yourself and thinking that maybe this is not something you can do. Um, maybe that idea you had isn't as good as you thought it was. All that is BS. Yes. All of it. So um, just write the damn story. <laughs> like, write it. <laughs> Don't even tell them. If they ask what you're doing on a computer, say you're watching porn. Doesn't matter. <laughs> just write the story. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, and, I, and you know what's so funny? Like, people used to say that. Like, just do it. And I thought that was the stupidest advice ever. It's like, it's not that easy. You can't just do it. But no, really, it is. Because no one is stopping you. Yeah. Except even when you think someone else is stopping you, you're like, if they did, you allowed it. So it's just you. Just write the story. That's great advice. I love that. Uh, before we close out and before I have you sign us off, I would love for you to tell folks the best place they can go to buy the dome and where they can find you on the internet. Okay. You can buy the dome on Amazon. That's it. It's, it's exclusively there. Um, just go to Amazon, search for Nova Sparks, the dome, and it'll pop right up. The print edition has just dropped. It dropped on October 6th. So if you do not like ebooks and you like to feel the books in your hand and smell the pages, by all means, get your copy of that. Um, social media, you can find me on Twitter at underscore in the Nova. You can find me on Instagram at in the Nova, no underscore, just at in the Nova. Um, Facebook sucks, but yes. that's <laughs> that's where I am. Awesome. Um, the last thing I'll have you do. First of all, thank you. Thank you for taking the time today. Please, thank you. Um, this has been a delight. I've loved getting to see all the stuff that you're doing on the internet and, and enjoyed it vicariously. And I'm so excited to share you with the rest of the world and my listeners. And we have, we have a saying on the show, which is music is life and life is good. It's this idea that if you're creating, life mm -hmm. isn't that bad. I mean, life sucks right now. Let's be real. Like 2020 is shit. But that said, you can survive by creating and putting your heart into creative endeavors, whatever that means for you. Yes, Music is life, and life is good. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Screen Beans. Have you heard about Screen Snark? Rachel, this is an ad break. They aren't screen beans until they listen to the show. Fine. Potential screen beans. You like movies and TV shows, right? I mean, who doesn't? Screen Snark is a casual conversation about the movies and television shows that are shaping us as we live our everyday lives. That's right, Matt. We have a chat with at least one incredible guest every episode, hailing from all walks. We've interviewed chefs, writers, costumers, musicians, yoga teachers, comedians, burlesque dancers, folks in the film and TV industry, and more. We'd be delighted for you to join us every other Monday on the Certain POV Podcast Network. Or wherever you get your podcasts, fresh and tasty off the presses. What? what? That's, no, that's not. Can I call them Screen Beans now?
Fine. Screen beans. So tune in and we'll see you at the movies or on a couch somewhere. Because you're a whole screen beans now. You will be mine. Aurora.